Welcome to Stellar Discussions, a podcast by Public Node members. Public Node is a nonprofit organization led by Stellar community members working together to support an open and inclusive Stellar network. I'm Brian, and I'm here with Public Node founder Daniel. And today we're going to be talking about Stellar Protocol 15 enhancements. Dun, dun, dun. Daniel, thanks for joining us today. It's nice to be here, Brian. Brian, we haven't done this in a while. It's good to see your face and hear your voice again. And it's a reunion in itself. You too. And I'm still appreciating the microphone you sent me. Uh, and I think the audiences are as well. Let's start with the basics. What is the Stellar Protocol? And, you know, as the founder of Public Node, how are you personally involved with the Stellar Protocol? Yeah. So the protocol is just just the software version that Stellar Core is running. And it sets all the rules on how transactions are managed, how the public ledger is managed, what kind of operations can occur, what needs to happen for them to pass, or what happens when they fail. So that's what the protocol is, is just the code that is telling all the validators out there the rules of Stellar Core and, and the rules of the game, so to speak. So as public node, we operate three public validators and are constantly validating every transaction that happens on the Stellar protocol independently. And because we're doing that, we've got to run the right software in order to validate any transactions. And you can have little upgrades. So they have like a 15.1 or, or uh, some of those. But the big upgrades, you've got to be on the right number, the right version, or else you're, you can't validate. And you can think of it as something as simple as a transaction. They might create a new type of transaction. And if our node wasn't up to date on the software, it would see this new transaction, had no idea, had never heard of that type of transaction, wasn't programmed that way. And so just like with protocol 15, we upgraded all of our servers to be on the latest software. So then when the new types of transactions came through, our software knew what to do with it. Just And we can match and sync with all the other validators on the public blockchain ledger. I've been in the blockchain community for a while. Maybe it's my lack of, of technical knowledge, but it was such an aha moment for me when I realized that when you say you're voting for protocol 15, that just means that's the software you're going to run on your node. If they say we're upgrading to 15 and everyone just starts running Ethereum, well, now you're running the Ethereum chain, right? So you vote by running the software that the community is asking you to run, right? That's right. And that's that's exactly, you know, when they say a fork of some of the chains, what a lot of times when that happens is, and it's not just Stellar, it's any of the, the public ledgers that are out there. You have validators and and there was a choice at some point of making an upgrade and it split that certain validator said, you know, we're going to stay with the previous software version and you all best of luck go on with the new software version. And that's a lot of times when you have a fork can happen. Uh, Ideally you want everybody to stick together, but yeah, so yeah, that's all you're voting on is should we upgrade our software? And does everybody agree that now's the time to upgrade and this is the upgrade in the way we want to do it. In the interest of decentralization also, I suggest anyone listening Please try to become a public node member that's voting with your dollars, $5 a month, and you can be part of this trifecta, these three public nodes that are running, and we get to decide if we upgrade or not. It's a large enough operation here that we could call up SDF and say, "Uh uh-uh, we don't like that feature. We are part of the community, 
And I'm not trying to cause you any problems, Daniel. <laughs> but uh, but yeah, cringing a little bit here. But, but yeah. <laughs> you know, it's not just one party that gets to decide what is in the new protocols. Anyway, we're is a different path than what we uh, what we plan to go down today, Daniel. Um, let's talk about the awesomeness of Protocol 15. Yeah, and actually, I do want to do one thing right back to that. If you want to get involved and actually want to have a say about the protocols, the SDF or those that have proposals, they're very public. So you can see the proposals on what they're being made. You can help improve them if you know how to code, or even if you just have a, a business mind or no logic that you can actually help find risks and and you know opportunities and things like that in some of these protocols so you can see them all and actually contribute to the conversation you do not have to we would love you to be a public mode member but at the same time it really is an open public conversation that's happening so you can contribute to that if you'd like absolutely and everyone can contribute to the conversation however ultimately it's up to the people that run nodes to decide (laughs) what we're so you can do both and i suggest you all to, to do so Excellent. All right. So we're going to talk about protocol 15, which really was a big one. There's two big changes that were made in protocol 15 that got people really excited. At the SDF, uh, you could see some tweets from the, just the staff members there, uh, but also some of the entities like Lobster even commented on what a big upgrade this really was on protocol 15. And it's up, it's running, all the validators unanimously approved it. Um, it was kind of a no-brainer. Most of these are, that really are just upgrades. So who wouldn't want something that's better and faster and, and can do more? So that's what this was. So it was claimable balances. Brian, you want to say a little bit about claimable balances and what that sure, is? Sure, sure. So claimable balances allows someone to send you an amount of a token, and it's a token you don't have a trust line to, and you can claim it without having to click some buttons and open a trust line. And what this does is kind of abstract from the blockchain. It makes the blockchain or the stellar level disappear, which is what the best technologies in the world do. So someone, you know, at a very finite level, someone can send you a dollar or a, or a euro or gold. And on the app, you just say, okay, I'll take it. Um, and you don't have to deal with lumens and you don't have to deal with trust lines or any of those blockchain concepts that can all happen uh, behind the scenes. Another thing which is awfully similar to that, that Claim of Balances does, is if you're going directly to an anchor, like you're going to anchor USD or you're going to uh, payment or you're going to uh, USDC, these are you know three dollar anchors on the Stellar Network and you're requesting dollars from them. Before claimable balances, they were in this awkward position where they couldn't quite hand it to you yet because you didn't have a trust line, but it wasn't theirs to keep anymore. And it was this limbo land. And now there's a very clear cut concept of here is a claimable balance, Brian. Here is $5 out there in the ether for you to claim and you just claim it whenever you want. It makes things much cleaner. Yeah, it absolutely does. And, you know, frankly, like a lot of people, they don't need to appreciate all the things that the public ledger does. And they don't need, they might not care at all about lumens. And as you said, they just want to deal in digital dollars. They go to the grocery store, everything's nominated in in their local grocery stores in in the United States as dollars. And they just want to keep dealing in that. They get probably get their paycheck in dollars for here in the United States. And so the idea is they don't want to deal with the lumens at all. And the idea is if I get paid my paycheck or as you were mentioning, is I want to create some digital dollars and be able to have the ease of transferring them across the public ledger compared to paper, then uh, 
this makes that so much easier is, as you said, you can just give someone the dollars that they just bought from you or exchanged from you, and they don't have to sit there and wait for the trust line and the special handshake and, and all the things that you need to do to have an account that's actually capable of receiving those dollars. And for the, for the Stellar fans out there that are using wallets that support claimable balances, you can now send your mom $15, and that's a motivation verdict. Like, okay, I will download this wallet and claim the 15 without having to deal with trust lines or whatever. So you can now... Um, all these apps can build in this feature where they can they can now spread their app just the way kind of Venmo or Google Pay says you can pay quote unquote anyone. Well, what they mean by that is you can pay someone if they download the app on the other side. With claimable balances, you can pay someone any Stellar-based asset on the other side. All they need to do is get any Stellar wallet to claim the money. It doesn't have to be a single brand just kind of adds to those the, uh, the network effects. Uh, another thing that claimable balances might do, and this is kind of goes unmentioned often, but I'm a big proponent of it, and I bring it up every now and then and, and get in big fights on Twitter. I think it's another step towards possibly making Stellar the level two payment solution for Bitcoin. So now I can send tokenized Bitcoin to someone else via the Stellar rails for next to nothing very rapidly, and they can just claim it. They don't have to build a trust line to this new Bitcoin token. And I I really hope we see more of that in the next few years. Yeah, no, I agree. I mean, the the idea is people know that there's some challenges with Bitcoin, and the biggest one is the processing fees and the energy use. But if you can basically put that on the Stellar network and just have people exchange it within the Stellar network, use the cheap and the free and the low, the environmentally friendly aspects of Stellar, but just be trading Bitcoin. And then when you're ready to put it back on the Bitcoin ledger, you can, and then you pay the, the $3 transaction fee or whatever happens to be, and you're back on Bitcoin. So absolutely, it makes sense as a way to adopt all the strengths of Bitcoin, and then merge that with the strengths of Stellar. Absolutely. And uh, sometimes fear is a stronger motivation. The alternative is Celsius and Coinbase and these other companies just continue to run Bitcoin on their Excel spreadsheets or their centralized databases. And that's the only other way to get it to move quickly. So I opt for an open network like Stellar versus private databases as the solution um, for moving Bitcoin quickly. Yeah, actually, that's a really good point is that there's a security aspect to that as well, is that if you control your own Stellar wallet, then you control the asset on there. Although there is an anchor that is there. So um, I always was wondering if there was a way to seamlessly bridge the two networks that got way out in front of my headlights. But I always thought that would be cool if there was some kind of bridge not run by anybody that bridged Bitcoin and Stellar that it could just go across there. A semi-decentralized token, like a wrapped Bitcoin, you know, a die. Bitcoin on Stellar. You can't do quite fully decentralized, but you could have multi-signer, right? Imagine if there was a Bitcoin signed by Public Node and Lobster and 10 other organizations, and now it became a bet- like Bitcoin, but better. I don't know. I think there's a lot that claimable balances can do to allow you to send, again, any type of asset to anyone, removing those blockchain types of barriers. So I know people talk about assets, traditional assets like gold and Bitcoin and and 
you know, all of that stocks even. And and yes, certainly very, very good. If you're doing a lot of that stuff, my guess is actually, um, particularly with stocks and things like that, you're doing a lot of know your customer stuff and anti-money laundering things that, you know, the idea of a trust line and a reserve balance, um, you're probably paying some broker or something fees or anyway, point is there, there's already a lot of friction there that a trust line probably wasn't the biggest one there. But the thing is, anything can be put on the public ledger. And I always thought about rewards tokens, you know, the idea of, you know, you buy a beer, and you get a token. And when you get 12 tokens, you get a free beer or a free ice cream or something like that. And I was just thinking if if you did that, and you went through and bought your beer, the idea that you'd have to set up before they could send you your reward token, you have to, you know, do the dance of making sure that they had the trust line and they had enough reserves and all of those aspects in order to make it the transaction go through. This, they just say, this is my stellar wallet. And then boom, they send it. And then later, whenever that person's ready, they can redeem that reward that they just got uh, on their own time and it didn't have to hold up the register or any of that stuff it's just sitting there and maybe they say hey i've, I've only gone that place once i'm never going to go again either the the brewery can you know pull it back uh, retract it back if it's not redeemed after a month or whatever or it just sits on the ledger of acceptable but the person doesn't have to get it i, I think that's like I, I would say another use case of something where i feel like trust lines is just too much friction for just getting a a reward ice cream or, or beer or something. Definitely. Yeah. People should not have to know what a trust line is. Um, and that use case, I mean, I was at farmer's market earlier today and uh, they asked me if I had my loyalty card uh, for some salmon and uh, this fishery place at the farmer's market and I couldn't find it. She stamps a fresh card. I find two cards in my wallet, each with one stamp on it. I know it's a silly example, but like we can do better. No, but it's real. It's real. Better. We all have them. I've, I have so many of these little stamped and punched <laughs> cards everywhere, and you know, and we all forget to use them, and they have to issue more. I mean, it, it's just so clunky, but it's actually people love it, right? I mean, it's good marketing. It gets loyalty of customers, so people enjoy rewards, getting rewards for things that they buy, and then they come, and the store owners like it too because it gets people coming back. So we could make that a whole lot easier, and actually, claimable balances does it actually could put all of your rewards in your stellar water right there in lobster uh you have that you can see all your rewards you would have known exactly how many fish you bought from them you know over the last month you could have seen it there it is right there claimable balances know how many fish you bought that's it right there <laughs> that's right very good all right so we move on to uh sponsored reserves sure sure it, it's very complimentary um you know the theme here is uh, making that blockchain layer more invisible, right? So sponsored reserves means if you need a very small amount of lumens to claim fresh asset types, or you need um, lumens, you know, I'm, I'm just going to say just different things might happen to Stellar Network. If you need lumens to do something, whether it be to claim an asset or to do a transaction or anything, someone can sponsor it. And thus reducing your need to know anything about lumens. Yep, uh, and it's really important. And the it does combine. We'll go to the next one. Combined with three of them now, and in the trifecta, there they are. It's all the tools you needed uh, for a developer to make lumens and the network behind the scenes. They're all there, and so now your users don't have to worry about it at all, and you can make it really seamless. And here's an example of someone that actually I met through Meridian at one of the 
the meetups. And this person has a nonprofit that's tracking people's volunteer time. And, add, and as they track that volunteer time, or actually tra- it was also uh, tracking how much they donated to other charities. And the idea is then with, with that balance, maybe they could get rewards or get a t-shirt or, or something along those lines. And she's thinking about her audience and her audience is going to range from a lot of people that don't probably still don't, maybe not, they don't even know what Bitcoin is, but she's looking about, you know, the 90 year old grandmother that that wants to make this really easy and, and wants to be able to can be part of this. She wants to get that person be a part of this whole thing. And she's thinking trust lines and reserves and managing transaction fees like, oh my gosh, she just lost her audience three times over. So something, the combination of claimable balances and the ability that she could sponsor the reserves without giving the reserves to uh, the grandma, <laughs> should probably be fine with the grandma. But the point is, if you have uh, millions of grandmas, that's a lot of reserves you're giving out there. And the idea is she can keep control of the lumens that are sponsoring those wallets and let those users be a part of the Stellar network without actually having to manage lumens. And you can't get rid of lumens. Lumens have a very important purpose, Uh, anti-spam and and a lot of different aspects of that, the kind of the fuel or the grease that makes the network work and stay healthy. So you can't get rid of them. They've got, they're there for a reason, but here it lets kind of somebody who knows how to manage it. And it actually is quite easy to manage once you know how to do it. But for most people, they don't want to deal with it. And that's an example of someone who's building something now, who's going to, I think, really enjoy the fact that this just went live on, on protocol 15 it's interesting you bring up the value of the lumen um because i'm i'll say something maybe a little controversial about about sponsored uh reserves because I, I never do that right right Daniel. right no ever never um, <laughs> <laughs> um it if you're producing a wallet and you want everyone on the wallet to be able to have gold silver and bronze tokenized on seller you want them to have three assets off the bat you don't want them to know anything about lumens or blockchain at all you just want to produce this cool thing that allows them to hold and trade these these three tokens gold silver and bronze then you need to sponsor their reserve on those three tokens um which i believe it's a a, a lumen and a half for each one it might be half but yeah, it might, it might yeah, be yeah. half so you're putting about three lumens up for each one of these wallets and so if you get a million users in your app then you're putting up three million lumens and I think that's fair. You're using the Stellar network heavily. You're giving people all this functionality and you are paying back by purchasing these lumens. Yeah, no, exactly. It's a good way to help support the value of lumens. But then as the value of lumens is is up, it helps decrease spam. It kind of it, it feeds on itself. Um, this idea that... Um, yeah, they're they're very important. The the stellar the lumens themselves are very important. And I think you raise a really good point that if someone is transacting all of that, that they should actually probably have a balance of lumens sitting there um, to support all the wallets that they're creating and, and supposedly probably making a lot of money on. Yeah, because someone might say, okay, so claimable balances and sponsor reserves, it abstracts blockchain concepts. That's great. Why are they there in the first place? But ultimately they are there to reduce as you said reduce spam uh reduce risk make the network run fluid so there's a reason they're there those concepts are there and uh, abstracting them 
is the right approach. The right approach is not just getting rid of them. Yep. And and obviously with a network with a lot of different values, it's nice to have one common denominator with all of them. So everything can transact with a Lumen and that in itself is so important for a value network like Stellar where every form of value, you know, every brew pub, as I mentioned, very ice cream store. The idea is that a giant chain, maybe that's not as big of a deal, but the idea is there's individual mom and pop ones and things like that. So you need to have one common currency and that's why the lumen another reason why the lumen is so valuable and so important so you you had talked about the trifecta of features that help reduce friction and make apps more user-friendly we got sponsor reserve claimable balances and then there's a third one it's a little bit older why don't you tell us a little bit about that yeah, and protocol 13 fee bumps was uh, was passed. That allows someone to either one, a transaction that currently exists, it lets somebody that already paid a fee, it lets somebody, even the, the person themselves, increase the fee of that transaction to either match the, the fee structure of the time. So as the network changes, the fee structure could change. There's actually been discussions about making that go up. So that's one thing. Uh, the other thing is you can increase the fee itself to make it more likely to move during high peak times, particularly if the network really starts getting busy, that you might want the transaction to happen regardless of what time that happens the transaction needs to flow. And the other thing it does is you can actually sponsor, you can pay someone's fee entirely. So that goes really well. So a couple ways that you need lumens. One is you need lumens to establish trust lines. And trust lines are kind of complicated. So that's what the claimable balance helps solve. That makes the trust line can be, doesn't have to be dynamic. Basically, someone can make the payment and then the person can receive the payment when they're ready. So at least it solves the timing aspect. Sponsor reserves is in order to have a Stellar account, you have to have a Lumen balance as well as a certain amount of Lumens per trust line you have. So if, if I could manage that for somebody else, then I've taken that complication out of the equation. And then the last thing is anytime you make a transaction or operation on the Stellar network, you've got to pay a small fee in Lumens. That's the the anti-spam aspect of it. So if, if I can pay that for somebody as well, I've removed Lumens and the mechanics of the blockchain are completely out of the way of a user. And so someone who's just moving digital assets on a video game, or again, going back to the brew pub of someone who's just keeping track of amount of beers or amount of fish that they bought, all of that can happen without someone having to know what a Lumen is, manage reserves, or even pay the fees that are required in order to keep the network healthy. And you can tell with, with Protocol 15's two main features and one of the main features of Protocol 13, the intense focus of the Stellar development community on being able to abstract blockchain concepts and make things where people don't care or have to know about blockchain. Uh, make products that have value that is beyond the value of cool tech, which, I mean, I love cool tech, but you need to make things that are valuable for people uh, that don't care about the tech. And just the, I, I really appreciate the intensity of the focus on those pieces of functionality. Yeah. And, you know, I, I think this just actually goes a long way to why the Stellar Development Foundation and a lot of people building on this, why Stellar itself is so neat. Stellar is not the Lumen, right? Lumen is just a mechanic and a, a technical aspect that you needed to do to facilitate the network. But the network, the real value is the network. It is all about having an open 
public, inclusive public network for exchanging value, no matter what kind of value that is. And these things, this just shows you how important it is from the SDF or the people building on the SDF is forget about lumens. They don't, who cares about lumens? Don't worry about them. That's for the technical uh, they need to do, you know, manage that. Just ignore that aspect. We have a public network here, kind of like the internet, but the internet of value. Here it is. Plug into it, use it, transfer your value, forget about the lumen. That's right. Um, and and I, I always talked about Venmo type tools. Make a Venmo for your country. Make a Venmo for every country. Uh, the two products can work together with the Stellar public network and features like claimable balances. If everything ran on Stellar, you'd have PayPal and Venmo and Cash App and Google Pay, and you could all pay each other but they don't currently run on Stellar. That's the direction we're going in. And with each app that picks up the Stellar technology, the network gets more valuable for each individual player. Well, you could even make it boil down to something as simple as an Amazon gift card, right? You could put Amazon gift cards on the Stellar network. And you know what? I go into Amazon. I had I got this for a gift. Here it is. But now I'm here in the Apple store. And uh, I want to buy something, an Apple product. The idea is Stellar would allow me to exchange that Amazon gift card for the Apple product in the Apple store, whatever Am- Apple wants to accept, Apple Pay, like whatever dollars, whatever currency, wherever I'm at in that Apple store, whatever their payment is, it could allow me to use that Amazon gift card to to Apple, which I think is so important is like everybody can stay with their tribe. It's just coordinating the tribes, right? <laughs> it's really just trying to make it so that people can exchange whatever the tribe that you're backing and whatever method you use to transfer value. It just lets you talk to other entities, other tribes. Wise words from Daniel about tribes and Stellar. We, we've covered a lot of ground today. We've covered fish. Uh, we didn't get into fish tokens. Glad we didn't approach that topic. Uh, but we've talked loyalty tokens, uh, fiat tokens, all these things you can do now while abstracting those those blockchain concepts. Uh, to the listeners, if you want more of this content, uh, more cool content, if you want more content from, from Sam, shout out to Sam putting out great podcasts and interviews, I recommend you support Public Node, join, uh, you get to be in a, in a private cool chat with us and other uh, stellar-minded people and vote on the protocol and do podcasts if you'd like to as well or, or recommend who can be on them or just join for one. All things you can do with Public Node. So thank you to Daniel for creating Public Node and fighting the good fight. Thanks, Brian. Um, <laughs> and to, to wrap up here, Protocol 15, Claimable Balances, Sponsor Reserves, and you combine that with protocol 13 fee bump and now you have the ability to send assets to anyone and they don't need to know anything about blockchain it's brilliant